Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Um, I'll go straight into scripture. It's a, it's a big scripture that... Um challenges us daily. It's Matthew 6 verse 33. It says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I just want to go back about from 2006, the end of 2006 to 2000, end of 2017, I was incarcerated in prison. So clearly I'd been uh, heavily institutionalized. The gang culture and the criminal lifestyle was my way of life, and um, jail was a place that I called home. The brothers that were locked down in prison, to the boys that were on the streets, they were the people I called my family, but at the same time, I had, I had my parents and my brothers and sisters who were my family too, so I was living two different lifestyles, two different lives, and Around about uh, two years to three years before I got out of prison, you know, God miraculously uh, fell upon me and he touched my heart and he, he changed my life and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but when I did accept Jesus Christ into my life, uh, life became very challenging. Everything that I, everything or every way that I operated was challenged because I knew that it wasn't the way of God. Um, I instantly went and left the gangs. Um, challenges were coming my way, like I said. Uh, my, my dad, he was um, incarcerated on a murder case. My, my mom was, um, had a, had a brain, brain tumor, so she was going through that. My wife was on the outside going in and out of comas. Uh, the system was challenging me because of my, my faith as being a Christian. All they ever knew was the thug. So to see me say that I've given my heart to God, I can clearly understand that um. Many have tried to use God as an escape route to get out of prison, but this was an escape route for me. This was real life experience. So I had the system consistently trying to push buttons to, to make me react like the old me. And at the same time, I just had my um, the natural culture and lifestyle that I had been living was constantly being challenged and compressed as I was continuing to seek the Lord. He was the only help that, that I could get. You know, it was the only way that I could find peace. I was going through too much. And as we all know, as a newborn again Christian, uh, the enemy comes and he just comes. He doesn't want you to be able to stand and walk. He doesn't want you to be able to read the word. He wants to throw all these distractions in your pathway so that you end up giving up. You feel too weak. And I felt all those things, you know, I felt unworthy, felt like giving up, felt like, um, you know, just feeling like crap because of my flesh and my sinful nature. But uh, as I continued to seek God, you know, he was able to... Um, Give me the peace that I need. He gave me the understanding. He was, he was giving me words like, you're being trained. You're being trained to be perfect in every good work to fulfill God's will. I knew about training because where I come from in our culture, the harder you give it to somebody, the better they're going to be prepared for what stands ahead of them. So I understood and I understood. God keeps speaking to me. You know, he's talking about discipline because I'm just getting all these things coming at once. And discipline is a sign of God's love. So discipline is a sign of God's love. Well, then I'm in it. I'm hearing you, Lord. You know, if I'm being trained to be perfect in every good work to fulfill God's will, I understand the discipline that's going on in my life. But I had to continue to seek God. And then he helped me along my way. I was 
Got out of prison in 2017 at the end there. Me and my partner had set up goals and plans to help reintegrate myself. I had to reintegrate myself back into society, reconnect ties. I had to um, find me a church, continue to overcome any temptations that the world was throwing my way. There was just so many challenges that came my way. I got married, baptism, everything was, was such a different and new experience for me. And that's what 2017 and 2018 was for me. It was all about experience. I went from a working yard, uh, a prison yard, into a working yard. You know, I went from criminal, act, uh, criminal activities and making money to now legitimately humbling myself and going out to work. It, it wasn't of my culture. I... I you know, the, the old me has different ways of making money, but that ain't God's way, you know. So God humbled me in so many ways. And I'm just um, really thankful that um, I was able to seek the Lord and he was able to provide. He was able to help me to uh, be loyal and faithful to my wife, to love her like she needs to be loved. And he was able to guide me in the right direction, to find me the right church. And now I'm able to continue. And now here I am discipling my, my brother and my sisters at home. And it's just such a privilege, you know. God's really touched my heart and it's an honor to serve him. And I'm just so grateful. Well, Faith Point has a vision, and it's uh, seven churches. They've got, they've got a big vision, you know, of seven churches. And um, I just asked myself, like, uh, let me stop there. 2019, sorry, it's about growth for me in each and every one of those areas. As Faith Point's going on for a vision of seven churches, the only way that we can get that is through growth. And I asked myself, um, how do we see growth as a church? My answer is discipleship. My answer is discipleship. If you look back at Jesus, he went and grabbed 12 disciples. He taught them what they needed to know. And then they went out and they taught other people. They went out and taught other people. They went out and taught other people. And we're here living off the word of God that was passed through the disciples here today. And the word is active and alive and living this day. And that's why it's so important for me. I think discipleship is such an important role, important piece of the body of Christ, so that we can go out there and do what needs to be done. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus come unto them and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It goes on to say, baptizing them by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the ways I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Man, discipleship, it's such an important... Can anyone put up their hand if they have not baptized somebody? Man, I haven't baptized anyone. <laughs> it's, it's such an important piece of the body of Christ. Not just receiving our salvation, but also going out there and equipping ourselves so that we can baptize other people as well. No discipleship. What is a disciple? The standard definition of a disciple is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. A, pup a follower or pupil of a teacher. A 
basically a follower or a learner. Disciple is simply someone who believes in Jesus and seeks to follow him in his or her daily lives. To the discipleship, it goes on a little bit further. And um, the disciple is someone who not only hears the word, but can embrace it and trains himself by going to put it into practice in his or her own lives. Let me say that again. A disciple is someone who not only hears the word, but embraces it and goes and puts it into practice in their own lives. An example in Matthew 10 verse 1, Jesus gave them power over the unclean spirits to cast them out and cleanse all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And down in verse Chapter 10, verses 8, it says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. This is an example. You have, you have a disciple, a pupil of a teacher. So you have Jesus, the word of God, speaking to the disciples. They're listening. They hear the word. Jesus speaks. They hear it. They embrace it. And then they go put it into practice. What happens? The word of God comes alive right before their eyes. Right before the witnesses, the word comes alive, not only in their lives, but all around the atmosphere that it's been spoken. Another example is Acts 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Another example, Jesus spoke, but this time he didn't tell them to go. He told them, go, but to wait. And this is the thing with discipleship. You're going to learn when it is, you're going to be able to learn and discern when the time is to go, because you're going to hear from the Lord and not from man. You're going to hear the Lord tell you when to go, and you're going to hear the Lord tell you when it's time to wait. And why it's so important is because if we go and we ain't equipped with the right tools, we cannot do the job properly. We're going out there and we're butchering the word of God. We're butchering the gospel. It's just like a person who wants to build a house. He can have a passion. He can have a desire and a vision. He can go out there, let's go build that house. He doesn't have the skills or the tools to manage to do the job. It ain't going to get done right. You can be passionate. You can have a vision and all that. But if you ain't equipped with the right tools and schools, you ain't going to be able to do what God called you to do. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Moving on quickly, um, what is the purpose for discipleship? Man, the, the purpose for discipleship is to bring about change. When I was in prison, the way that change comes is to be confronted by the Word of God. I had a real anger issue. I go from zero to a hundred. I have no care in the world where my life would be heading. That was my mentality. I go into tunnel vision. I convince myself I've got all these character and core beliefs that um that lead me down a dark alleyway of destruction. And and God said this verse for me, and it was a fool is a person who was quick to anger. He's like a city with his walls down, allowing the enemy in. 
every time I would just trigger, because I'll just trigger just and bang, and like that, and then I'm just full of rage. It's like my whole head's on fire, my heart's going. <laughs> That's just, it's just the way it was. That's just the way I, I was built at that time. And thank God that He's he helped me to manage my um my emotions and and my anger. But confrontation is something that I wouldn't have been able to grow out of that if the Word of God hadn't confronted me. I, I could have buried it and managed it and coped with it in certain areas, but it would only be amount of time that it would confront me again. And to be confronted by the Word of God for our church, let me tell you that comfortability is a curse of a compromised gospel. Comfortability is a curse of the gospel, of a compromised gospel. In other words, you are compromising the word of God because you ain't allowing it to confront you. You ain't allowing it to change you. You're hearing it, but you ain't wearing it. It's so important for us to be able to to challenge ourselves and allow the, the Holy Spirit to confront us with the word of God. There was one time when... There was a time when, because of my anger issues, you know, I walk around prison and all that, my head's held high. Now I'm prideful, I've got entitlement issues. Uh, there's just so many things going on, you know, and, and my reputation means a lot to me, so I ain't going to let anyone step on me. You know, whatever it takes, man, I'll, I'll, I'll go wherever it's got to go to. But um, when I got out, uh, there was one thing, like um, in prison when you for for people like like us and in, uh, inside it's like um eye contact it's like you catch eye contact with me it's more like boom you can't take your eye off him it's like what <laughs> it's like what is it on or something have you got a problem <laughs> and that was a natural thing and then i come out of prison and i'm going to the gym in there and then i'm like i can't look at people i have to like look at the ground <laughs> I have to straight look at the ground. I'm, I'm like, oh, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. And I'm walking around because I don't want to look at them because I, I look at them and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Man, it's a, the renewing of the mind is such a war in itself. It's, I, I come up with all these different things that were hard at the time, but overall, you know, the renewing of the mind, from my experience, is the biggest war and biggest challenge that I've come across. And I just thank God that His words, you know, I'm allowing the word to continue to to confront me and, and challenge me and, and help me to grow because I want to grow but I also know that I've got to take it slow because I'm only young in my faith I'm only new in this journey even though my mother's been praying for me and teaching me her whole life you know this experience personally and my relationship with the Lord takes time and that's the same for each and every one of us examples of confrontation Saul on his way to Damascus he was confronted by Jesus big bright light came up here's Saul he's off to go and crucify the Christians 
boom, next minute he hits the deck, he's blind. Jesus goes and speaks to him and says, what are you doing trying to crucify my people? He's like, who are you? He says, Jesus. And he said that I'd called you. He went to another prophet, he carried on, he went to his place. The prophet went and spoke to him, told him the things that the Lord had told him. Boom, his sight comes back. Ever since that day, he changed. He went from Saul to Paul. He went to a chosen man of God. And it was just amazing that he was confronted, but it took a word of God to confront him, to help him to change his radical direction he was heading. And you got Moses, the, the fiery bush. He sent him back to Egypt. He couldn't even speak so he said sent Aaron with him he was confronted once again by the word of God even Jonah who was disobedient and tried to go the other way got swallowed up by a whale and spat back out there is no dodging God's plan there is no dodging God's plan the thing is is are you prepared to walk in God's plan because God's got a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. But you can make it hard for yourself. Don't make the Lord have to force himself on you. I'm telling you, don't want him to come force this, his ways on you. He's got a calling on your life. I tell you, it's, it's not going to be as easy as it could have been if you just submit to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I was walking up and down, down in my kitchen, uh, pacing up and down like as if I'm in a cell, pacing up and down, and I'm like, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he's like, he said to me, why do you believe in Jesus? And then I seen a vision of the church just like this. So I, I, I kind of discerned, you know, that this wasn't just for me, this was for, was for the church. And he said to me, why do you believe in Jesus? I sat there thinking, and I realized, and the Holy Spirit told me, he goes, the reason that you believe in Jesus is actually not because you heard it, it's because you actually believe in the Word of God. You believe in Jesus because the Word of God, the Bible says that you believe because it's written in the Word of God that He died for your sins, that He came, that He took up His cross for you, that He was raised from the dead. You believe because it was written in the Word of God. And the Word of God that confronts us today is go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Can I get an amen to that? Man, discipleship is, 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 is just very important. So why is discipleship important? Oops. I'll read it off now. His kingdom must be built on solid biblical principles to ensure that every believer has a solid foundation. We can't build our foundation on personal relationship and revelations that we're getting. These are two different things. A personal relationship is something that the Lord's helping you for you in your journey. Biblical principles, truths, and the Word of God. Look at that. Too many, too many of us are building our houses on the sand and not building our foundation on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. Oh. 
Psalm 18 verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Man. Too many people will be building our house on the sand and not on the rock. If you haven't heard the story of the man who built a house on the sand, pretty much the basic story is, is it's a foolish man who tries to build his house on an unstable foundation. And the person that built his house on the rock was a person that built it on a firm and solid foundation and could withstand the storms that were to come. If I can just have up uh, this here. This is... Um, it's called a batch. It's a concrete mix. It's part of an apprenticeship that I've been doing. You got the Portland cement plus water. This will equal a cement paste. Then you have the cement paste plus sand, which equals the mortar. Mortar plus the aggregate will equal concrete. And it gets poured out and then it gets set. See, you've got to have your mixtures right. You can't have Portland cement and sand and it's going to make concrete. You can't have cement paste and sand and you're going to have concrete sand. What happens if you have this mix here and you have too much water when you go to pour out your concrete, what happens is the color changes. Not only does the color change, it takes it a long time for it to set. And at the same time, when it does set, it has the threat of breaking under pressure. In other words, it ain't built to last. And this is the same talking about our foundations when we ain't been discipled properly. Too many people get their salvation and then they want to just go straight to the depth of things. It doesn't work like that. It can, but you're missing out so much of the truth. We've got to get it right. We've got to get our, our, our foundations right so that the concrete can set properly. You put too much water. In other words, you're getting a watered down version. You put in too much sand, what happens? It crumbles and it cracks. In other words, when your faith gets tested, when the storm comes along, you crumble and you crack. You cannot handle the pressure. You go deeper into the soil, you got to lay layer after layer, 150 to 200 millimeters thick, and you got to compact it so you can get all the air voids out and it can pass the compaction test. It's the same when it comes to discipleship. It's going to allow for you to pull precept upon precept, in other words, line upon line. And that will build your foundation. It will be firm. And God will test your foundation to see if it's been compacted right. Can I get an amen for that? Man, we've got to get them basics right. But really, you know, you've got to be able to know how to forgive your enemies, to love your enemies. We've got to understand faith and put our trust in the Lord when the times are, when the times are dark is the most. You want to sing praises because they destroy strongholds. Me and my wife were just in hospital for a whole week. I stand up inside of their place while she's screaming in pain and I'm singing praises to the Lord because I know that worshiping Him is going to destroy strongholds. I don't think that my God ain't a good God. He's a good God all the time. All the time, through the good and the bad. When life is going hectic and things ain't going well, my God never changes. Today, yesterday, and forever, He remains the same. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Man, our God is a good God. Oh, I might have gone through this pretty quick. How many of us have have got a solid foundation that we can actually step out on our own and be able to not lead people astray, but be guided by spirit and truth? To in this Christian culture, since I've I've gotten out, I've been able to observe. When you, when you're living the life of my past, you know we're we're immune to war. We've got a soldier's mentality. We're always sharp. We're always watching out for snakes. We're always preparing. We're training hard for our enemies when they come. And when we come into the Christ, this Christian lifestyle, I realize that you've signed up for war. This is war. This ain't no playground. This is real war. This is not no playground. This is real life war with spirits of good and evil against the wicked one and the righteous one. And you've got to understand that this is truly a war. You can see him. You can see the enemy. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. He's in your marriage. He's in your work life, in your businesses. He's in your family. He's destructive everywhere and anywhere that he can be. This is war against the enemy. And the victory is ours. But still, we gotta get equipped. We gotta get trained. We gotta we gotta go through the ropes. That's just the way that it is. I understand going through the ropes because I've been through the ropes. I've been through hard knocks, and it's only harder when you come to Christ. I can tell you, being a gangster is only easy to becoming a Christian. Being a Christian is hard. I say it all the time, but by the grace of God, we're able to walk on. That's the truth, man, that the spiritual, the spiritual walk is real, and it's a war in itself, and it's challenging for each and every one of us, and that's why I'm here, and I feel like God placed it on my heart, because I believe that, man, I'm, I've just got a heart for God. I've truly got a heart for God, man. I didn't, I didn't used to shed tears or anything. Man, they, whenever tears would ever come my way, they would, just emo- they would just fuel for my emotions. That would just build my rage. But now, because I've been humble with my rage, tears come out from the love of God. He's placed it on my heart. And I'm just so grateful. But this is a war, family. You know, this is, this is a war got to get your mind right because this is truly a war and we got to strap on our armor but before we strap on our armor I mean, we got to we got to do the basics right and set a firm foundation within our lives in the faith in Jesus Christ to be able to trust them through the storms to be able to trust them when when we ain't got enough finance to trust that he's put a roof over our head that he's got food on our plates he's we got a bed to sleep on all the little things that we take advantage of. We need to praise Him and thank Him for those things. It's the little things as it says in the scripture, the little white fox that destroys the vines. One thing you'll learn about discipleship 
is that it's not only about the relationship with the Lord, but you're actually going to learn more about yourself. You are going to learn more about yourself as the Holy Spirit begins to begins to speak to you, begins to renew you. And it's, it, it's such an experience because you're able to submit your weak areas to the Lord where he can be strong and help you to overcome the things that are needed. Three attitudes for discipleship. Apply yourself to understanding. Once again, you know, we've really got to be willing and apply ourselves to this understanding. I've applied myself to trying to pray at 4.30 in the morning, I fall off. I try and do it again, I fall off. I try and do it again, I fall off. I understand that it gets difficult, it gets tiring. But when it comes to discipleship, we've got to apply ourselves to the understanding. We really do have to apply ourselves to the understanding. Just to, it, it allows freedom for the Holy Spirit to actually teach you. You've got to submit to the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to govern your life. Allow Him to invite Him in to take care of the places where you're just too weak and they're impossible for you to overcome unless you allow Him to come work and stir these things up. Another one is willing to be corrected. A lot of us are stubborn in our ways. We don't like to be challenged like we see. We're all comfortable. We all like to be comfortable and everything going well. But for us to grow, you know, we've got to really be willing to be corrected. And not just go off our own thoughts and lean on our own understanding. God is a good God. He's a God of wisdom. He is, and we need to learn how to fear the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A lot of us don't fear the Lord. We just block him out and carry on our day again. We, we do something wrong and we just ask for forgiveness and then we think we can go back and do it again. We're making too many mistakes and the Lord wants us to overcome these things. But the way we do is we've got to be willing to allow the word of God to correct and to confront us. Can I get an amen? amen. Well, number three. Endure the pain of discipleship. Man. Like I said, the renewing of the mind is, is one of the hardest challenges uh, of my walk with Christ. Is, um, trying to get my mind right and trying to do things right, trying to do things the righteous way. And when things are struggling or, or, or just tilting for me, it's like, May, may have a lack of faith or a lack of trust. But I've got to endure and trust my God because the word of God says to trust in him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And I know that's a difficult challenge because that's an ongoing process for the rest of our walk, to trust in the Lord. When someone's passing, you've got to trust in the Lord. When someone's sick, you've got to trust in the Lord. When the family's running astray, living a wicked life, we've got to trust in the Lord. There is no other way. We've got to leave it with the Lord. Hand it over to the Lord. Cast all your cares over to him, for he cares. But do not be afraid. He's with us everywhere that we go. And enjoying the pain of discipleship. One thing I had was... 
this quoted or you know prophecies about the double blessings and the double anointing and, you know not not five times two but five times five so if you're getting ten it's actually twenty five the one thing the the Lord showed to me is what about double the trouble <laughs> what about double the trouble have you considered that Double the tests and trials. It's he counted a blessing when you go through your tests and trials. You hear that? Counted a blessing when you go through your tests and your trials. That's what the Word of God says. Everyone thinks double. They think they're going to get pay rises. Finances are going up. Everything's going to get blessed. They're going to double house, double car. They're just getting blessed everywhere. How about blessed with double the test and trials and allowing the Lord to strengthen you in your weak areas? I had a beautiful opportunity while we were going through our tests and trials this week just to like humble my heart and know that I could sit there and just sing and praise to the Lord when my partner's down there um, going through her battles and just knowing that I heard the Lord just stand up and praise. I just got up and just started singing and worshiping and praising the Lord. Before you know it, she's becoming calm. It was a perfect opportunity for the Lord to test me. I understand in the discipleship that praises of the Most High break strongholds. The enemy must be, be defeated. And I'm only on a, on a short journey, um, not a short journey, but I've only, um, haven't fully completed my discipleship, but I'm discipling others and we're continuing to grow in that area and, and encouraging them. And, you know, it, it, it's an honor to be able to, um, to teach and disciple others, especially ones that have got a heart for God too. You know, it's, a, it's, a such, an, it's a, such an awesome privilege and an honor to be able to um, um, teach and pass over what God's been teaching me and allowing to see the Holy Spirit, you know, manifest within their lives and, and them to be able to challenge because we've got to teach us, when we're only babies, you can only feed them the milk. We can't give them the solid food. We've got to all be fed properly and weaned. As the Bible says, you've got to be weaned off the milk so that you can be able to walk on your own. So we're there to help in the areas where we where we can't walk on our own to disciple them until they can get up and we can feel confident and then step back and allow for them to go through the challenges on their own to strengthen themselves and can be there whenever they need. In other words, if there's a lot of people in here with a lot of experience, I've heard Pastor James say, you know, um, that there's a lot of views here with a lot of experience, and there's a lot of us young ones here that are hungry to serve the Lord, but we need spiritual parents. We need spiritual parents to help and guide us along our way. We ain't strong enough yet. I ain't strong enough. I might be standing up here and delivering a word of God, but I know that I ain't strong enough and ready, ready to get out there and do what God's want. I'm being prepared. I'm being prepped. And I am going through the training, but I can honestly admit that I'm not ready yet. 
I know heaps about the Lord. I'm obedient in many ways, but there's still so much more that I need to get my foundation right. So when it's time to go, I'm going equipped with the tools to manage and get the job done. Well, summing it up here, sorry I never put it on the, on the book, it's just, um, discipleship allows for us to gain a better understanding of God's word, his structure, and righteous ways of living. Equipping ourselves so that we may carry the right mindset to equip others laying down a firm and solid foundation within our faith towards Christ, allowing us to become more Christ-like minded. Well, it's come to the end there for me. And, um, you know, the word that confronts us, family, is, um, you know, to get our foundations right, to get the basis locked. You might be mature in so many areas, but you may have to come back and equip yourself with the basics again because there's going to be a lot of young people that are new and they're fresh, and what they need are the basics first. And, um, you know, for us young ones here that are on fire for God, Brother Arwen, you know, bro, I can see uh, there's a lot of potential in you too, my bro, and you're hungry for the Lord, got a heart for God, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to what um, God stirs up within us young ones and how the, the older ones also and how they can help us along our journey because this is a war. This is a war and this is a battle and every single day is a new day, a new battle and a new war that we face. So I just praise the Lord, thank the God and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed that. Um, you know, encourage you to um, implement discipleship into your life. There's 168 hours in a week, I believe. You know, if you can submit one hour to discipleship, yeah, I'm sure that'll be awesome. Thank you very much.